Oh, could, could you hear that with your ear at the time? Or could, did you have yeah. to replay it? Yeah. See, I can hear him. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Closet Podcast. I am your host, Blaine, and I'm joined by my co-host. We have Jacob here. Hello, everyone. We are also joined by psychic medium Karen. Karen, how are you today? I'm very well, thanks, Blaine. Thank you for having me. No problem. And if you could just kind of give everyone a little bit of a background about yourself. Well, I've been a medium my whole life, and I've been a psychic most of my life. Um, I had no idea about this. I don't come from a family who practice black magic or voodoo or anything to do with the cards. So I was like the black sheep of the family. And it wasn't something that I learnt. It wasn't something that, you know, I studied for. Uh, it was with me my whole life. Um, spirit has been around me since there's gosh, I was probably in nappies, um, seeing spirits, seeing things that were happening, um, having visitations from family members telling me that they were going to take someone home soon and then a month later I find, you know, a cousin of ours in our family um, passes away from cancer. Um, and And I didn't even know he was ill. But it was his father that came and visited me. Um, I had a lot of, I, I can't even, I can't even even narrow it down. It's very hard to narrow it down. But I'll, I'll just say this. Anyone who thinks this is fun, it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, you know, people um, who envy people with, curly hair if they've got straight hair once they get curly hair they want it straight you know it's like this is the only way I can describe this is if you've got to live with it 24 7 and you're seeing um spirits of of people you don't even know waking you I've had ones that have grabbed me by the arm trying to wake me up and left marks um they're not demons they're just souls who know that I can see them and because I can see them and hear them they are very persistent um it's not like in ghosts where he sings 99 bottles of beer on the wall um they just hang around so I've had ones that have just stood there watching me um until I acknowledge them and then they'll you know some will just still stand there and just watch me um sometimes it's very unnerving especially the ones that come right up in your face and yell and you're startled out of a sleep um i've had cases where i've seen things happen and i don't like what i'm seeing and there's nothing i can do about it um i had a a vision once where i saw a child catching on fire um, oh it was God. like it looked like spontaneous combustion type of thing. It was so freaky. 
uh, I could see this blonde hedgehog catching fire. And the first person I thought of was my cousin um, who was a lot younger. And I said to my aunt, please, please watch Katie. Just be careful around flames or anything like that. Um, The very next day, my daughter caught on fire. The hot water system exploded in the laundry. She was engulfed in flames basically ended up in the children's ward of the hospital I I was just beside myself um so it wasn't something that I could stop because these things are shown to me for a reason um and sometimes I get angry at why they're shown to me because especially when I can't do anything about them right um I think the most incredible experience I had, um, call it paranormal, call it divine intervention, was when I had a, basically a breakdown. Everything in my life had come to a point where, you know, I was starting to get very angry at God. Uh, I was cursing him, you know, basically. Why do I bother mm-hmm. praying to you? You know, listen to me. Um, and then I threw in a few other things. You couldn't even help me find my father. And then I cried myself to sleep. And the very next day, you wouldn't credit it, I found my father. Oh, it wow. was the most incredible experience. It, it was that peculiar, the way that this happened, that we even made headlines in the Lincoln Times uh, newspaper um, and it was so weird. My father was a sailor and he came out to Sydney, Australia and, of course, met my mother. Mm-hmm. And during that time, of course, I was conceived. <laughs> she wrote <laughs> the ship and told them that um, she was with child and, you know, just wanted to let him know. She said that she was going to adopt me out. Uh, because back then it was taboo for any single woman to be carrying a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, but I felt that you had a right to know. His shipmates said, don't fall for that. You know, she's looking for a dual citizenship, you know, and she's probably not even pregnant. And if she is, it's probably not even yours, you know, making my mother out to be something cheap. And they threw the letter overboard and When I was born, my mother had this really weird experience where she had a dream. And see, when I was born, because she was going to adopt me out, as soon as I was born, they took me off into another wing of the hospital completely, didn't even tell her the sex. They had papers in front of her the next morning when she woke up to say, you know, you've got to sign these to adopt the baby out. You know, they didn't tell her the sex or anything like that. Mm And she had this dream that she was holding a baby girl and sharing, you know, me around basically to the whole family, showing them, you know, what I look like and blah, blah, blah. And um, the next minute when the nurse came in, when she woke up, she said, I want to see my daughter. She said, "Um, who told you what the baby was? She said, I had a dream 
I, I just feel like I've have had a girl. She said, mm-hmm. well, um, we can't share that with you because you're adopting the baby out. And, um, and then she said that she could hear this baby crying. She said, that baby's crying. That's my baby. And they said, it can't be because your daughter's in another wing of the hospital completely. She said, I want to see. And she got her back up and ended up when my grandmother came in. My mother was that distressed. She said, I'm not signing anything until I see the baby. Wow. And so my grandmother insisted that they let her have that moment. And she said, when she saw me, I was exactly as she saw me in her dream. Oh, my gosh. And it was Jeez. really good. So when she wrote to my dad and she had decided then she was going to keep me regardless, I mean, we were part of the Baptist church and the people in that congregation, they would even cross the road to avoid being on the same footpath as her because she was, you know, having a baby out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, they were quite, you know, toffee-nosed, if you want to put it that way. And um, she went through a lot. But so many things were like, you know, through the years I kept having all these different types of visions and, and things that were, you know, just undescribable um, to most people. Like one lady was bringing Tupperware stuff over to my mother's and she, I could see her little girl and I was talking to her little girl. I said, do you want to come and play in my cubby house? And um, this woman looked at me and she said, who are you talking to? And I said, your daughter can we go and play in the cubby house? And she started like, she dropped to her knees and she said, honey, what does she look like? So I described her and I'm, I'm looking at her like, don't you know what your daughter looks like? Mm-hmm. And um, my mother said, oh, look, disregard it, you know, disregard. She, she has imaginary friends and, you know, right. and she said, you don't know me. She said, but my daughter was hit by a car last week and died. And I was taken aback because that's the first time I think it was very confronting to me that I was actually seeing a a dead person. But her daughter looked fine. She didn't look like she was marked or anything like that or, you know, bleeding. Um, And she looked at her mother puzzled, like, what are you talking about? Uh, So that was really hard for me and it's an image I'll never get out of my head. So years later when I have this meltdown and I'm saying, you know, you're not even there for me, I get on my computer later that morning after sending my daughter off to school and there's this tab on the browser that wasn't there the day before. Mind you, this was at the time of dial-up, you know, internet and everything. Mm-hmm, right. I thought, oh, great, I've got a virus. And I was honestly at <laughs> such a giving up point in my life I thought I'm going to help this virus along I I have nothing you know I just felt if it wasn't for my daughter I would have killed myself because it was that's how much of a meltdown I had hit and so anyway I opened up this tab but to my surprise there was no virus it was actually a link that had the weather, the sports, uh, betting and stuff, and then it had down the bottom people finder. And I Mm. thought, 
oh, and it sort of dawned on me the night before I cried myself to sleep, screaming at God, you couldn't even do this, you're not even there, you don't even listen to me, you're a waste of time. I clicked on the People Finder and there were two links in there. One was switchboard.com and one was something else. So I clicked on switchboard.com and honestly the page looked like a a five-year-old had put it together. It was so (laughs) basic. It just had first name, middle initial, optional, surname, select estate and, you know, age optional. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, the name that my aunt told me once that my father was, I put that in. Then it said where it said select a state. Luckily at the top it had any state, so I clicked that. And then it had the age. So I thought I'll put in my mother's age as an estimate. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I hit search. And this little animated icon flipping around. And back then I was a smoker. I would smoke nearly a packet a day. And so I lit up a cigarette smoking as I'm waiting for this thing to finish and it showed me three people with the same name and one of them was my mother's age and I sat back and I was like oh my god right before me not only was there a phone number but there was also an address in Lincolnton North Carolina and I thought I wonder if that's him And so I had to ring my service provider because I've never called outside of Australia before. And I rang them up and I said, look, you know, how do I dial this number? Um, You know, I I really need to call it. And they said, well, you don't have that outside access on your phone. You've only got, you know, local calls. It's going to take 48 hours to set it up. But what we'll do is once we've got it set up, Um, then we'll give you a call if you like and let you know that you can call it. I said, so how would I call it? She told me, you know, the procedure, you dial 0011 and then 1 and then 704, the country code, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. So as soon as I hung up the phone from her, I thought, all right, let's see. I said, if this is God and you are helping me and listening to me, you'll make it possible for me to ring this number right now and get through so I did. I rang the number and it rang and I thought, oh, it's going to drop out, but it didn't. He answered the phone and oh he said, God. hello, and I said, hello, can I speak to Randy Kiva? He said, I'm Randy Kiva. And I said, were you ever in the Navy? You know, I, First of all, I said, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? And he said, this is in the market research, is it? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. I just want to ask you a few questions. He said, okay. And I had no idea what time it might be there. I wasn't even thinking of that. Right. Uh, I just see, you know, the opportunity and I'm like, yes, that, I'm there. So I said to him, were you ever in the Navy? He said, yes, I was. I said, did you ever come out to Sydney, Australia? He said, as a matter of fact, I did. And then I said, do you remember a lady by the name of Diana May? And he went quiet and I thought, oh, no. Um, <laughs> and he's, I thought it's probably not him. And then he said, oh, Lord, I think I know what this call's all about. And, oh I, my gosh. and I said, I think you're my dad. And he said to me how his shipmates had thrown the letter overboard, telling him don't fall for it, you know, you're probably, you know, getting 
caught up into something that's, you know, you're not even the father, blah, blah, right. blah, not even be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he said, I always wondered if I was a father. And he said, and I'll tell you a story. He said, are you sitting down? I said, yes. And he said, I'm in a wheelchair. And I'm going to back date. I'm like going to go back a bit because before mm-hmm. finding my father, some neighbours moved in beside me and the woman was in a wheelchair paralyzed down one side so of course I took pity on her and I thought I'll go in and I'll you know see if there's anything I can do to help her you know housework looking after her pets whatever just to sort of you know help her out as a neighbor Mm -hmm. um and it was like it was a plan it was a complete plan the reason for me getting to know this woman was because of what my dad was about to tell me he said wow. to me, honey, I'm in a wheelchair. And I said, yeah. what happened? He said, I was shot in the head. He said, they had to pick the bone fragments out of my brain and I can't walk. I'm paralyzed down one side. And I said, oh, my God. And he said, and that's exactly what I said. He said, I wondered why he let me live. And now I know it was because my little girl was looking for me. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah. He he said it was a miracle and that's why he contacted the paper. He was telling everyone, my my Australian daughter has contacted oh, me. We were, gosh. we were crying for days. But I'll tell you what was interesting. Two days later I get a phone call from my service provider to say I can call outside now. <laughs> right. I said, what are you talking about? I've already rung him. They said, did you go through exchange? And I said, what's that? And they said, did you have an operator connect you? And I said, no, I just dialed the number, as you said. They said, we don't have any record of any outside oh, what? What? So not only did I get to talk to my dad for nearly three to four hours. It was a free phone call. <laughs> it was a free phone call. Um, Undocumented. So as you can imagine, I was, you know, if, if there is – Anything to, you know, restore my faith, that was what did it. Wow, that is remarkable. Yeah. So, and then since then, more and more contact with the other side. Um, Having, oh, God, it was just like one thing after another. Everything was sort of like in my path then, preventing me from seeing my dad. As much as I would try to get out and see him, something would happen. Uh, and I thought, I'm never going to get to see him. You know, why did, and I started questioning, why did you let me find my father if you weren't even going to let me see him? Um, it got to the point, he passed away before my passport was even approved. Oh, no. And I was devastated. But out of all that, my father visited me and I knew he was going to come. So I started getting my house in order, cleaning like a frenzy, you know, going through everything, thinking like if, if my dad was to turn up now, how do I want my home to look? Mm-hmm. And I was like polishing the skirting boards, doing the dusting, everything, even like sweeping the ceiling in case there was dust up there. <laughs> and... That night I'm laying in bed, pitch black, 
and my mind was just going through everything the you know the time that the calls that we had and the fact that I I missed that opportunity of seeing him before he took his last breath and all of a sudden was like with my eyes shut someone it was like someone had a torch right in front of me this bright white light filled my my vision basically through my eyelids I could see this bright bright light right up near me and then I could hear my dad saying I want to give you a hug and I reached up my arms and I said I want to hug you too dad and then it was like I clicked my they my dad's here and as soon as I opened up my eyes the whole room was pitch black again. So he had that visitation with me and he also has kept contact with me because he promised he would. He said to me, you know, I'm always I'm always there for you. And I've even got a video that I shared. It was his birthday and um, I got my iPhone because I said happy birthday, Dad, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he said, where's the sneakers? Now, in Australia, we say sand shoes, joggers, but not sneakers. And he giggled. (laughs) And then in the actual recording, he came close to my iPhone and he, he said, I'm the proudest father in the whole world. And then he said to me, there's a whole new world for you. And as he said it, when you put headphones on with that iPhone, you can hear it going from one headset to the other, like one one ears right, right. to the other. And the iPhones back then, like a, I think it was a 4S or something, wasn't like surround sound, if you know what I mean. Right, but yeah. it recorded in surround sound. And so I could hear him go from my left to my right earphone. I shared that and I've still got the video up and it's one of my most viewed videos on YouTube. It's got, you know, thousands upon thousands of people that have received um, faith, if you want to put it that way. They've received something powerful from his message. Gosh, that is incredible. It is. It is in beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So in those, you know, in that respect, I'm really glad to have this gift. I'm glad to be able to have the ability to hear them. Um, I'll never forget my mother. She's on the other side. I was having this midnight craving for chocolate and I remember walking into the kitchen and I hear my mum say, do you really need that? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, give me a break. You know, I'm just going to the, you know, can't I have a treat? She said, no, put it back. You know? <laughs> what? So mum was, you know, pulling me up um, <laughs> about Jeez. having a chocolate and I really didn't need it. It was just, you know, a craving that I had. Um, I remember when... I was was doing very long hours at the office doing the readings and I remember my office spirit, Albert, saying to me, you need to do something about David, who is my other half. And I said, why? 
and he said, he's cheating on you, Karen. And I said, don't Whoa. be silly. He, he wouldn't do that. I said, don't make up lies. And I got angry with Albert and I, I sort of ignored him. Then when I got home, I was in my room sitting down reading and my mother appeared and she said, kick him to the curb. And I said, oh why are you saying this? I said, don't you like don't you like him? She said, he's having an affair. And I said, he wouldn't do that. He's not the kind of person to do that. And I refused to believe her. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a resident spirit, Chris, and he said to me, Karen, listen to me. Albert's told you, your mother's told you, and I'm telling you, he's having an affair. I said, he's not the kind of person to have an affair. He said, he is. Anyway, it started, you know, I've got three spirits telling me he's having an affair and he wasn't. He was always the kind that, you know, if someone was doing something like that, he'd have something, you know, quite right. cold to say about them, saying, you know, what a low life, blah, blah, blah. Well, as it turned out, he was. And I remember getting home from work one day and um, Chris says to me, go and ask to have a look at his iPhone now. And I said, I can't. And what am I going to say? And he said, just make up anything. Just say that you've got an app that's um, you've done an update on your phone and it's playing up and you just want to see if it's doing the same on his because he's got the same phone. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I went out and I said to him, can I have a look at your phone? I said, I've, I've just had an update and my phone's playing up. I just want to see if yours has got the same problem with the recorder. And he got all defensive saying, no, you're not looking at my phone. And I said, what have you got to hide? Oh, I said, no. I'm just looking at the recorder. And I was gutted, absolutely shattered um, because I, I refused to believe three very reliable spirits and yet he he was trying to hide this from me I mean you don't hide anything from a psychic but because how what's the difference between a resident spirit and then a home spirit how do you tell those spirits to kind of like stay where they are how do you control I I didn't even uh, invite Chris into my life Chris came into my life at a time where I obviously needed him. Um, what had happened, he, my other half then, he went for this, um, I don't know, he, he had this thing about going gold detecting. So he bought all the equipment, bought this big um, land cruiser or whatever it's called and with all the big tank things on top and the, you know, oven and everything inside to take him across Australia and I said to him you're wasting your time you're not going to get any any gold and he said yes I am I'm going to come back and I'm going to have lots of gold blah 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 and he was addicted to watching these videos of people getting these great big nuggets out of the ground and everything like that I said you're not going to get anything I said you've just wasted nearly $75,000 on all this stuff in the vehicle and you're not you're not going to find any gold. Trust me. Um, and so he ignored me and he went across and he found nothing. Um, but anyway, cut a long story short, my daughter came in one night and she said to me, can I sleep with you? You know, And she was about 
seven or something. And I said, yeah, okay, hop in. So she hops in and I sort of like cuddle up to her, you know, as, as you do as a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, next minute, right in my face, there's this bright light. And I thought, oh, no, not now. I was so tired. And I could hear this, hi, I'm Chris. I really love you. Whoa. And I was not going to open my eyes because I thought, I don't know a Chris and I don't want them to love me. Uh, (laughs) This might be a stalker spirit, you know, because I've had them in the past. And so anyway, I just sort of like tucked my my head down into my chest kind of thing. Like I didn't want to look. And energy coming off him was that strong that even the filling in my tooth was vibrating. Um, my face muscles were twitching, uh, my eyes were twitching, you know, all the, the muscles in my cheek, the, they were spasming, if you, if you want to put it that way, because of the energy coming off him. Oh and I don't know what happened, but I must have just blanked out. And the next day I woke up and I was telling my middle daughter about this experience and I sort of giggled it off thinking, you know, this is crazy. Uh, I can't even, you know, go to sleep and I'm being told now that they love me, uh, which is nice, but, you know, you don't know what their intentions are. Right. As soon as I said that, I felt him around me and I said, oh, my God, he's here. And I grabbed my iPhone because my daughter, she said, Mom, you're scaring me. And I said, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got him around me. I want you to hear him. And I said, if this is the same Chris from last night, I want you to speak into this and say what you said to me. And sorry, that's my message. Um, <laughs> that was perfectly tight. <laughs> I know. I, and I said, I want you to say what you said into this recorder on my iPhone and you can hear him plain as day saying, Karen, I really love you. What? And I don't know. I'll see if I've I've actually got the um, audio. I'll have to go to my YouTube page because I've got it up on there. Um, Chris. How, I guess like, how do you make sure that it's not something malevolent? Like I know there's, we've had people on in the past that say that sometimes it could be demons disguising themselves as other people. I How- the difference, believe me. Okay. Oh yeah, here it is. I'll see if you can hear it. Okay. You'll hear him say, I really love you. Karen. This is a replay. Whoa. It's like kind of a deeper voice. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. So can you, could you hear that with your ear at the time or could did you have yeah. to replay it? Here? Yeah. See, I can hear him. And okay. there have been times even with live streams that I've done on YouTube and also my private group where he just inter- interferes. Like he'll, he'll 
butt in. There was one time I, I giggled because um, I used the spirit box and I love that because, I mean, the spirit box has been around technically for many, many years. Spirits mm. communicate through many different things, um, not just a medium per se, but anything could be a medium. You know, you can have a standalone speaker and they can speak through that. They don't have to have an app attached or a, a radio attached. If they're going to talk, they're going to talk. Um, I love them, the fact that, you know, people then get to hear the intelligent voices that come through. So during this one particular live stream, someone in the uh, the chat asked, what do you call a slow-moving orb? Well, Chris responds with his candor, fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so like how do you can you see chris like do you know who he was when he was alive or do you just see him as a spirit like i've i've seen him um but he he'll he'll walk past the door and poke his tongue out at me you know like he's he's not an evil spirit you know like he's actually protected us and if it wasn't for him i wouldn't have been you know been in a position to confront my ex who is my ex now and kick him out because I then kicked him to the curb, as they suggested. Um, and I caught him out because when I asked to see his phone and he threw a big wobbly, um, my middle daughter got up, went over to his laptop and said, oh, my God, Mum, he's chatting to another woman on here. Um, and he turned very violent. He grabbed me by the throat, threw me up against the doorway oh in the edge of the door it was like he just lost it um so that was it you know he was out no second chances um so but it was a good thing that they had told me um and after that I said I'll never ignore you again you know in in situations like that so I've even got my spirit guide Suella who actually has been there since dot I can remember being at school and seeing this um this woman standing beside the tree just smiling at me you know didn't seem like she was fearful or anything like that or threatening and it was I just felt like she was like a carer she was just watching over me I thought everyone had them (laughs) Um, which they did, but see, I can't see anyone else's guides. And that's one thing, you know, Suella said, that anyone who tells you your guide's name are bullshitting to you because (laughs) guides will never tell anyone but the person who they are looking after who they are. So what what is a guide? What is a guide? A spirit guide is someone who who basically comes into the world with you. They, they help you along your path. They don't stop you from making mistakes. They're like, an, if you want to put it like an angel, they are like okay. an angel. They won't, angel That's what yeah, we okay. they won't interfere with you making mistakes because this is all part of your life's experience. This is all part of your lesson in this life. You've got to go through all this. You've got to make mistakes in order to understand more about yourself as an individual spiritually as well as you know understand your limits um because 
you know, some people will get away with things whereas other people won't and that's because that's not meant for them, you know. And it could be, you know, like you think about people who get away with murder, eventually they get caught up with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they still have to face that penalty. And the majority from what Sawala said, those who do commit something like that, it's their conscience that really ends up being the, the hardest on them later on because once their conscience is activated through some type of trigger or event that is personal to them, everything keeps, like, it comes back like a big wave of karma. Um, And one thing that I was also told, when we hold a grudge on people who have done wrong by us, we're actually carrying their karma. So they are not going to get given their karma until we forgive and release it back. Um, but it will play out in our life if we don't release it. Mm. That's why it's so important, as hard as it is, forgive a person who, if you want to put it like to the Bible, who trespasses you, who does wrong. Because once that, you know, once that is released, they can then be dealt their karma. Hmm. Otherwise, you're carrying it. But it's, oh. it's been a fascinating journey. Um, my youngest has the ability. Um, she, she came in one day and she said to me, Mum, someone's in my room. Can you bring in the spirit box? And I said, why? She said, because I want you to hear them. I said, are you kidding me? You're talking <laughs> to me? I hear them already. She said, but I just want you to record it. Anyway, I went in and I recorded it. And we put the spirit box on just to, you know, satisfy her. And this spirit was coming through saying, nice to meet you. Um, And I said, tell me about the voice. She said, well, it was coming from different angles in the room. Like it, like if you've got speakers in the room, like all in different, like surround sound kind mm-hmm. of thing. And she said, and I know that it wasn't you because it was a man. I said, do you think it might have been Chris because he watches over you? And she said, no, it wasn't Chris. And I said, how do you know? She said, because I've heard him. And she said, it wasn't Chris. She said, but it sounded very tinny and echoey. And it was coming from different directions of the room in different corners, like spiralling around me. And I said, did you have your window open? Because I always say, do a process of elimination first. Before you jump to conclusions that it's a spirit, do a process of eliminations. Is there a radio on? Is there a video running like on YouTube or something where you're hearing the voice, you know? Is the window open? Could it be neighbours? Um Anything is a TV on in someone's room, as an example. Whatever, do the process. She said, I've already done that, Mum. <laughs> so, anyway, there was this child coming through. There is a child in this home. There's many spirits in this home. I mean, we're looking at a home that's built in the eight, late 1800s. The um, home that you're currently in right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, it used to be like a, a 
place where there were, um, I guess, uh, men who had no um, nowhere to live, uh, and then mm. it turned into like a women's refuge type of thing, and then it went through another cycle of you know um, different families that came in and out and and all that. It was going to be torn down before we took over it, basically, or I took over it and mm. um, got it all done up back to restoration. Uh, it's now on the you know the heritage listing um but it's not just because it's an old home you can go into a brand new home and still have spirits you know this uh thing that people have that if it's an old looking home that's uh you know it's got a history and stuff then it's going to be more congested with spirits than a new home would unless someone has died in the new home but that's hogwash because spirits are everywhere if you think about how many people have passed over over the years there's hundreds of billions of people so there's there's a lot of souls out there and our world still coexists with the new world um our the veil is at times very very thin uh, and that is, it's sort of like a, a membrane between our world and the spirit world. And I've learned over the years, I mean, I'm 61, I've learned over the years that those souls with the more stronger sound to their voice are new souls that have been passed within the five you know, to six-year bracket. Mm-hmm. Souls that sound a lot more distant, um, they are ones who have been over, you know, for more than 10 years. And um, it's just because they're more behind the veil. Uh, A new soul will be around for quite some time. And then this is another thing too. Um, You know, when you've got these shows like uh, Long Island Medium, for example, where she's walking up up to people in the public saying, you know, you've got so-and-so around you, blah, blah, blah. Although to the viewer it seems lovely and, oh, I wish, you know, someone would do that for me, whatever, there is a reason those souls are around that person and it's not to bring the awareness that they're there but to help them with their healing. And when a person, and this is what spirits say, if you go up to somebody in the street and tell them that there is a soul around them, Uh, their mother, for example, or their father or grandmother or grandfather, and you tell that to that person, it's called ego-seeking and it's damaging. Even though it sounds like it might be very soothing, that person is in a healing process. That, That soul may be around them purely to make sure that their healing is going to be done in a in a proper way that you know they might be grieving that person still but that uh, that soul too is going through its own grieving process it's becoming more um aware of its new type of life so it still goes through a separation process the same as what we go through like that grieving but it's around as spiritual support when you go interfering with that spiritual support 
it can be more damaging to the ones left here because that soul has a window of time that it needs to cross over in. And if it's taking longer because, you know, for whatever reason that person is not letting go, um, they're going from one medium to the next trying to make contact, they're actually holding that soul back from crossing over, you know, where it, it can then be behind the, the protection of the veil because once they're left here basically for, you know, a, a certain amount of time, they can become vulnerable to become what we call earthbound spirits who find it very difficult to cross over. And another thing is those who fret for their loved one to the point where they just want to kill themselves to be with them. What I have found through many, many visitations is they, they feel like they've been dealt a raw deal. They've, they've said, I can't find them. I can't find them. I, I took my life because I wanted to be with them and I can't find them. And that's why they can't find them because they, they have to remain here spiritually until their natural death would have occurred. So if they, if they take their life and they have, you know, still got many years ahead of them, they could be here for many years before their soul will be taken to the new world. But in the meantime, they're vulnerable. They become vulnerable to, you know, the asshole spirits. And they're around everyone. So don't think you don't have ones there. You'll have ones where, you know, when you've got days where you you wake up okay, next minute you just feel so angry or you mm. get cheesed off with somebody for no reason and you're or you're you're um, saying things that are very cold and nasty to people and it's like you don't know why you're doing it. That's yeah, because right. the soul spirit, they thrive on breaking up happy relationships. They thrive on, you know, it's like if you think about, um, think of it this way, imagine these spirits who are so miserable that, it's like when you're angry, if someone else uh, is not angry and then they get angry, all of a sudden that feeling of anger diminishes from you. You're, you're sort of like it doesn't feel as intense because it's broken away from you and it's around somebody else now. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're, um, I'll, I'll try and use an example. Say you're, you're really ticked off about something and you have a go at someone around you. And we've all done it, be it yeah. you know, just out of the blue. We, we just get really aggravated and it could be something that they say and it triggers it and we, we go off our head at them. It could be that, you know, we see them dropping something on the ground, not picking it up or not washing up something. And it's like, you lazy, you know, SOB, can't you do this, blah, 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 and you lose it. And then once that person gets angry, you're wondering, why are you angry? You know, and it doesn't feel as intense. That's because that energy and everything around us is energy. That energy is that anger and it's now to that other person. And that's why we, you know, often wonder why are they so upset? You know, like why are they ticked off? You know, it's, yeah. 
And then we forget why we were really angry. And it's like, I don't even know why I was angry. Um, these are the soul spirits. They're trying to, to bait people into, you know, saying or doing things. And this is another thing too. You, I don't know whether you've heard of voice hijacking. Have I you heard a of- little bit on your website. Yeah, well, voice hijacking is where a spirit can manipulate a person's voice to say or sound like they're saying something else. Now, you think about over the phone uh, or even like autocorrect on our phone, you might send off a message and say, I didn't type that. You know, something has gone in there that sounds very sarcastic and nasty and (laughs) that's not what I put. And this is, this is where they can also control. I'm not trying to make everyone paranoid, by the way. But right. if over it's a phone thing. call, they could make a person sound like they're saying, like, I hate you or something like that, whatever it might be. Well, it might be like uh, they might even make a person sound like they're, they're snickering in some way, like laughing when, they're, when a person's upset. And that person says, are you laughing? And they, no, I'm not laughing at all. But oh, they will, they will interfere because what they they because they're so um, angry, they sort of leave this world angry and they remain angry. They thrive on getting people to have a go at each other. So just always, you know, be aware that these things can happen. You well, know, I've heard, I've heard demons can do that too or like they can come back and kind of like disguise themselves as someone that you used to know like a loved one or something they can but these are usually the arsehole spirits you'd know if you had a demon trust me um arsehole spirits they just make you feel very uncomfortable um they can be very similar to poltergeists um they can you know be there one minute next minute you don't feel anything around you like um um, it's the the wave of activity usually with more than one spirit but um in regards of the old soul spirit they're they're sort of like a they're not they're a grade less if you want to put it that way than a demon when you've got a demon sorry they're kind of like bullies they are they are the bullies um if you've ever heard of uh, people getting EVPs and you hear the whistling, the whistling spirits, they're the arsehole spirits because they're trying to prevent communication. You know, some people will set down a recorder and they'll hear this whistling like, I can't whistle, but, you know, it's like <laughs> right. whistling, uh, like someone holding a tune in whistling and that's the ignorance of these spirits. They will do that as a way of deterring any other spirit trying to communicate. It irritates them. It's like, you know, they'll do anything to sort of irritate that spirit so that they won't bother communicating. So if you hear any type of, you know, recording and there's a whistling, that's an asshole spirit. They're just, you know the assholes of the spirit world <laughs> I mean, you've got assholes in our world and you've also got them in the other world so it doesn't mean that once they leave this world if they're an asshole here they're going to be an asshole on the other side um, 
they can't. They, yeah, they, they so, sort of like can't switch off. That, <laughs> are, they, are these spirits that, normally like earthbound? Because it sounds like they do not like want to heal. No, they don't. They, it's like they get a kick out of it. Um, if they can get people at each other's throat, you can just imagine them sitting down eating popcorn, watching, you know, a couple fighting and hoping that it's going to turn vicious. Um, that's what they're like. They mm-hmm. they can also put um, thoughts into people's heads, you know, make them think that, you know, again, it could be, and that's why I was very hesitant in believing Chris and that and um, about him being unfaithful because they can have this, you know, they can put a an idea in your head that someone's being unfaithful and they're not. Um, you might get paranoid all of a sudden. Like, who are they? Who are they talking to? Are they texting someone? Um, you, you could have all this go on. That's why you've got to be very careful. I mean, we're living very, very close to the veil as it is which means that there's going to be a lot of things that, you know, we think um, are normal but they're not. You know, the things that are going on, I I remember, you know, you think about the way the world is at the moment, you know, these dog and cat farms and, you know, killing these animals, you know, over in Korea and China and, and everything. They're just sadistic. I mean, as sadistic as it is, you know, with people killing cows and, and all that. Yeah. But you know, the way that they go about it and, and this fixation they've got about, you know, getting the gallbladder of bears and, and draining it because it's supposed to help with their sexual arousals and everything like that, it's all part of the evil side that is, you know, if you think about, I know I'm jumping all over the place. <laughs> no, you're fine. You, you think about even in the Bible it says that, the devil was cast out of heaven to earth to reign over the earth until the end of time, basically, um, until Jesus comes and takes everybody up, you know, everyone who's deserving that is up to heaven and, you know, so on. So there's a point that I actually made uh, in one of my blogs on our website about how we're so quick to blame God for everything. You know, everything that goes wrong, we turn and we blame him. You know, how many people have you heard turn around and say, you know, damn the devil, you know, for, for ruining my life or the yeah. devil's done this and, and, you know, that type of thing. The first one they blame is God because they just expect God to make everything right and everything rosy. And, you know, the thing is we we do have the devil and his minions, if you want to call them that, that are all over this world. They they can come through in many, many guises. You can have, you know, like even a, you can watch a video. Um, and I even had Spirit once say to me, be careful of some of the videos you watch because you're opening a doorway for the devil himself to come through. And these could be videos like, you know, The Omen, um, Poltergeist, mm-hmm. you know, things that we, we get a kick out of this, the thrill of the scare kind of thing. You know, we think of it as a movie, mm-hmm. but technically it's 
affecting our emotions through that when you think about it and what happens with the emotions they're connected with our spirit our 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 energy field if you want to put it like that we we project through our emotions um, our attitude towards things you know we view things like you know the killing of animals and as being wrong and and sadistic I mean you think about how many people will get upset seeing an animal killed but seeing a person killed is like ah you know right True. it's not as impact but it should be it should be just as equal um the bad thing I mean you've just got a lot of that already around us in some way and we're either ignoring it or we're we're just thinking we don't have any say in it but we do hello everyone thank you for listening to part one of our interview with psychic medium karen make sure to check out her website below she has some really cool videos on her youtube page but also tune in next week for part two where we get into more question and answer and she tells us her most terrifying experience thank you for listening